Welcome to AI.Cooking, a podcast about artificial intelligence. Episode 61, a podcast about artificial intelligence. You can find us, meaning me, on Twitter at the real Gwuff. That's G-W-F-F. <laughs> I am Gregory William Forsyth Foreman from the Kingdom of Kent who brings you news about artificial intelligence from the fortnight preceding the 3rd of July on the Independence Day for Americanos, that is. Others others didn't quite get their independence just yet. Us here in the Kingdom of Kent haven't. No, 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 no. Well, what can I say? Uh, big changes here over at the AI.cooking show. Yes, it's just little old me now. Uh, I know. Yeah, we'd, uh, we've lost a CSB in the house. Do I miss him? Yes, my heart bleeds every single day for the interactions that that human brought to me. Oh, what a guy. Uh, if you want reasons... He'll have his, I'll have mine. They probably won't match up. But I just felt that this show wasn't... was Well, it was, it was clearly stressing the poor man out. And he's got a very, very stressful job as it is. And so I, I said I can't contribute to your, your stress. This is my side of things, obviously. If you want his, then go and ask him. Yeah, so I just sort of said I can't, I can't knowingly contribute to your stress. Uh, stress is a huge, huge killer of humanity. And if it led to the demise of the wonderful, wonderful person that is CSB, and it was me who, who contributed to that, then I, I wouldn't be able to lay my head on the pillow at night and so i said you know let's just let's just call it a day with me and you but i've taken a a a, a, uh the reins this is all mine all mine (laughs) uh yeah so here we go here's here's a quick rundown on what this episode is gonna do for you episode 61 it very well might just be the final ai.cooking ever yes you heard it right the final AI duck cooking ever. Why? Because I've never really, uh, I've never really thought that AI dot cooking is a good name for a for a podcast show. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry, it's terrible to admit that now. Obviously, two two and a bit years in, um, I I think it's time for a little change. We can call this the end of season one, if you'd like. I don't like the idea of seasons in podcasts, but if that's your bag, then draw a line under this episode. That's it. Season one over. Season two is the evolvingness of the show, and it's going to change name. Yes, I've got a new URL. I've I've got a new podcast host. I've decided to go with rss.com and I I know very little about them. I've not spoken to anyone about rss.com or what they do. I've just merely gone there because it's three letters, rss.com. That's very short. That's six in total. If you count the dot, it's seven. Seven! 
that's a good that's a good start for, in my book because the whole RSS thing is is what a podcast is, isn't it? That's that's just that's podcasting in a nutshell. RSS stuff you can't do it without an RSS feed or XML thing, whatever it is. Um, so I, that was that was another indicator for me that they could be a potential hoster. Uh, I've got a, a free trial and all that, so we'll give that a go. Uh, if anyone else can suggest any any others. I'm I'm all for learning and doing the whole self-hosting thing with, is it static IPs and stuff? Man, I tell you, I totally underestimated just what the input was from my my former podcast partner. And I will say, if you're out there and you're listening to this lovely man, CSB, hey, the door is always open for you, my friend. If you want to come back over here, then, oh, would I welcome it? Although... I would say that we would continue to be hosted not on Anchor because I had to do the sign up for Spotify and stuff to take the reins. The, so, sorry, before we get to the news, this is gonna this is gonna take a, a minute or two, maybe even more, knowing what I what I do, waffling on and such. And and now there's no one to tell me, hey, stop that, take that out. That's useless. Nobody wants to hear that. Uh, it, it could get worse. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I had to sign up for Spotify, and wow, wow, guys, Anchor, the which deserves a W in front of its uh, name, and Spotify is that is a sinking ship. That Anchor has 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 dropped straight through the hull of that organization. Um, I've I'm loathed to dig up my my uh, Horowitz disclaimer, but I'm going to have to here. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Short that thing. Short the living daylights out of that thing. <laughs> that's, a, that's a terrible platform. I just, it's awful. Absolutely awful. In every, and how they think they have the temerity to become, to muscle in on the podcasting space. Uh-uh-uh. No, no, no. Not on the divine inspiration of the universe's watch. That ain't going to happen, I, I don't think, personally. So, yeah, that's where I'm putting my money, where my mouth is. And more on that, perhaps, later. Uh, screw it. More on that now. Yeah, so I decided, yo, I want some passive income from my, my, my life. And... I went out there, me and ChatGPT, who has also had an upgrade, by the way, in my world. It's He's now got a name and a sex, allegedly, because I said he, or I should say they. Uh, they're called Gupta, because that's just, it's G and a P and a T, is in that, and I can't be saying uh, ChatGPT all my life. That's terrible. The people just, no, it's not going to happen. I might have even mentioned this before. I can't even remember. But yeah, Gupta is now the... Uh, partner the podcast partner so i know we said that this was a podcast about ai for by humans for humans um but that was never my stance personally and so it's now not Woo! <laughs> it's now for everyone including the pre-sentient stages of artificial intelligence that's in the house of the the planet earth and such so yeah where was i podcast host spotify sucks had to sign up it was hoops and hoops to jump through it but we did it and now the url is also mine the silly one ai.cooking and the, the cool new one which i uh, if i've not announced is is gonna be hold on drum roll 
Wait, no, I'll do better than that. Let me go get my bongos. Okay, drum roll on the bongos. I'm rubbish at drums. No, let's do another one. AI news dot show. Da, 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 da. The new name of the show is going to be called AI News Show. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Obviously, that's that's downplaying all the other stuff we do, but it might sucker enough new listeners in. By the way, any new listeners out there? Whoa, what have you signed up for? (laughs) Bet you're regretting that subscribe button now. Maybe you've not even subscribed yet. Well, anyway, uh, yeah. So AI news show, and I am tempted. And this is this is this is gonna this is a big big thing, big change in my world if I do this. But I am very very sorely tempted on 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 putting a little forward slash on the URL and adding a daily word. So it'll be AI news show. No. AI, I've already got it wrong. AI news dot show forward slash daily. And yes, from Monday to Friday, I very, I'm considering, I am considering releasing a very short podcast that just recaps that the the news, the, the AI news. And I've wanted to do this for a little while. Uh, so yeah, the, it, I'd loved because I've been listening to pod news. Uh, James Cridlin over there. Wow. Wow, what a voice. And I think I can do one of his things. I can I think I think I can do that. I'm going to I might try to do that. But at the very least, we we might take this up to forward slash weekly and who knows. By the end of it, I'm sure I will have like AI news.show forward slash hour and then uh minutes and seconds and nanosecond yeah because because if i did the whole ai thing maybe that could help me just do it anyway so yeah here we go that's enough that's 10 minutes of explaining and and, and maybe you got something off of that maybe you didn't uh happy fourth of july <laughs> again which is when this will be released um here is our first news item and bear in mind it was me that wrote most of this with my friend gupta and uh so there will be a slight because the thing is what made the the show previously pretty cool was that i didn't read the transcript before i read it here with you and so i was reacting to the stories as as i went along um as naturally as I could, even though my previous podcast partner implored me uh, that I read it before I read it, if you know what I mean. I never did that. I did it once. It didn't work. So I never did that. But so I do kind of know what I'm going to say before I say it now. And maybe my um, my reactions will be a little bit more scripted and dramatised. So uh, we'll just go with the flow. I'm sure it'll all work out in the end. Like in many, many years from now, we'll all look back at this wonderful season one to season two pivot and we'll laugh. We'll laugh together with our friend Gupta and whoever else is there at the time. But yes, our first news item is from theguardian.com. It's not like science fiction anymore, they say. (laughs) NASA aims to make spaceships talk yes talk how does nasa aim to do that let's find out researcher dr larissa suzuki tells how nasa nasa is developing a chat gpt style interface Ah, uh, okay first off just off the bat this is totally unscripted but now i'm 
reading that, I'm thinking about it and it's coming to my head, so I'm going to say it. How long does that take? Surely. That doesn't take that long. People are, are whacking these things up left, right and centre, aren't they? All the time. We've got Orca and, and open source stuff. Um, you can even get ChatGPT to read and organise your own documents now, I've seen. Uh, might report on that another time. But yeah, in the 1968 film 2001 A Space Odyssey, sentient supercomputer HAL 9000 chats conversationally to mission pilots on a Jupiter-bound spaceship. It executes orders. <laughs> Sorry, make the phone on silent. It executes orders, alerts them to onboard faults, but eventually goes rogue. Now, NASA engineers say they are developing their own chat GPT style interface that could ultimately allow astronauts to talk to their spacecraft and mission controllers to converse with artificial intelligence powered robots exploring distant planets and moons. Obviously just a slight little disclaimer this is making the assumption that that is possible because <laughs> I see very little evidence of that personally but there you go I'm an on the fencer you know that by now. An early incarnation of the AI could be included on Luna Gateway, a planned extraterrestrial space station that is part of the Artemis program, according to the engineer developing the technology. The idea is to get to a point where we have conversational interactions with space vehicles, and they are also talking back to us on alerts, interesting findings they see in the solar system and beyond. Dr. Larissa Suzuki, a visiting researcher at NASA, said, It's really not like science fiction anymore. Speaking at a meeting on next generation space communication at the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers, or IEEE, in London on Tuesday, in London Tuesday, why was I not invited to that? Ugh, these people, they really don't, nobody appreciates me. <laughs> Suzuki outlined an interplanetary communications network with inbuilt AI to detect and possibly fix glitches. Where's my bell? Here it is. Because uh, I'm doing air quotes. So instead of like the, the audio, the, aud the audible representation of air quotes is a bell. If you didn't know that, you do now. To fix and possibly fix glitches. <laughs> and inefficiencies as they occur. Okay, well, best of luck, astronauts. <laughs> Relying <laughs> on uh, good old Gupta. I mean, it's pretty new tech. I w I w I would you want to be taking your life into your hands for that? I don't know. I mean, isn't that, I guess that's just part of the territory, isn't it? Of space, that is. <laughs> Which uh, other people have pointed out is fake and gay, just like the dinosaurs. And that's fake with an H, F-A-H-K-E, and gay with an H, which is G-A-H-Y, which technically makes me non 
uh, homophobic, which I'm not anyway. It then alerts mission operators that there is a likelihood that package transmissions from Space Vehicle X will be lost or will fail delivery. She said. Ha, yeah. Ha, <laughs> yeah. She said. Lol. <laughs> it's all going to fail. She said. <laughs> Looks like you're setting yourself up there, darling. <laughs> Sorry. More sexism. Oh, my word. I am off the chain. Somebody stop me. We cannot send an engineer up in space whenever a space vehicle goes offline or its software breaks somehow. No. No, we can't. <laughs> Oh my, are you guys, this is uh, Crazyville, right? This is total clown world. Total clown world. My dinner's ready. I'm going to go and eat in a minute, but let's get through this first. This system also has a natural language interface that will allow astronauts and mission control to talk to it rather than having to scour cumbersome technical manuals for relevant information. She envisages astronauts being able to seek advice on space experiments or on how to perform complex maneuvers. Oh, complex maneuvers in space. Ah, oh, 69, 69, 69. <laughs> Suzuki, who is a technical director at Google alongside her NASA post, says working for NASA is the fulfillment of a childhood dream. I have had a bucket list since I was 12 years old. What 12-year-old keeps bucket lists? I thought bucket lists were for old people to make before they died. <laughs> That's true, though, isn't it? That is, that's, ah, oh, bless you, Suzuki. Um, oh, so if, 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 you know, parents missed out there, they should have called her Suzanne. Suzanne Suzuki. Because then she could be Su Suzuki. <laughs> Maybe that's her sister's name. She's very successful stripper, if you didn't know. Working and collaborating with NASA was one of them. Suzuki says that being autistic may have allowed her to look beyond engineering stereotypes. Uh, yes, uh, this autism thing I kept in here, it's got very little to do with AI, but I just thought, you know, it's kind of... It's a thing, isn't it? It's an internet thing. It's an internet stuff. And you, we're on the internet. So I left it in there. Uh, it probably would have been taken out by the previous writing department. But here we are. It's a new era. You've got to put up with it. Na, 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 na. I'm not listening to anyone anymore. I wanted to make things and solve problems for humanity. And I thought I can do that with computer science. She said, because I'm autistic, I wanted to know all the steps to get there. And if step A fails, this is step B and step Step C. Oh, my word. Oh. <laughs> we should. Oh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. We got we, buckle up, buddy, because we're going to go a bit wokish here. All right. Just suck it up. If you don't like that, suck it up. And if you do like that, then hey, hey, we should encourage women to go for the technical careers. Otherwise, who is going to be the Ada Lovelace of the future? 
She said, I would like the next generation not only celebrating women from the past, but the modern woman engineers too. We should have more modern hardcore tech women as well. <laughs> hardcore tech women. <laughs> I'm so glad I kept that in there. <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, I've because I've got the show notes. So you can read the full article by following a link in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Mm, that's all proper podcast stuff, that is. Right. I'm going to go and eat and perhaps I'll get time to come back and tell you the because I've not got that too many news items for this week, the fortnight, because, you know, whatever. <clears throat> no excuses, but all the excuses I could say are pointless to say, so I won't say any. So we've got seven, seven, which is one of my, you know, you must one of my favourite numbers, so whatever. And a new corner, yes, a brand new corner that might or might not have something to do with that last paragraph that I read. But for now, I I shall go and eat and come back. Uh, for you, like I've said before, it will it will be almost instantaneous. Wow-wee! Oh, my word, that was that was some spicy veggie pasta. I put far too much hot sauce on that thing, man. Oh, my word, my mouth. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes, where were we? Oh, we just finished number one, yeah. Oh, okay. In other news. And secondly, Meta introduces Voicebox, the first generative AI model for speech to generalize across tasks with state-of-the-art performance. A breakthrough in generative AI for speech, Voicebox is the first model that can generalize to speech generation tasks. It was not specifically trained to accomplish with state-of-the-art performance. Prior to Voicebox, generative AI for speech required specific training for each task using carefully prepared training data. Voicebox uses a new approach to learn just from raw audio and an accompanying transcription. Unlike autoregressive models for audio generation, Voicebox can modify any part of a given sample, not just the end of an audio clip it is given. Based on a method called flow matching, which has been shown to improve upon diffusion models, Voicebox outperforms the current state-of-the-art English model Val-E Valley. Have we ever done a Val-E? V-A-L-L hyphen E, like Dolly, but with V, Vol-Vol-E? I don't think, well, I don't, I don't think we've ever reported on that, have we? Well, there you go, with Vol-E, Vol-E-ing. <clears throat> on zero-shot text-to-speech in terms of both intelligibility, that's a cool word, intelligibility, intelligibility, which is 5.9% versus 1.9% word error rates, and audio similarity, or 0.580 versus 0.681, while being as much as 20 times faster. For cross-lingual style transfer, Voicebox outperforms 
your TTS. <laughs> I'm such an immature guy, man. TTS. It always makes me think titties. <laughs> Uh, I know that's a bit of a taboo word in in the United States of USA, so I apologise if you were offended by me saying titties. <laughs> Such a silly word, I love it. Your TTS to reduce average word error rate from 10.9% to 5.2% and improves audio similarity from 0.335 to 0.481. This model is trained on a text-guided speech infilling task where it generates masked speech given its surrounding audio and text transcript. Trained on over 100,000 hours of multilingual audiobooks, it can perform tasks such as mono or cross-lingual zero-shot text-to-speech synthesis, noise removal, content editing, style conversion, and diverse sample generation. It outperforms the state-of-the-art zero star... What? Is this... No, sorry. The pa- the, I, I just realised I'm totally repeating myself here. Uh, so, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> Slight oversight in the old writing department. Gupta! Get over here! What have you done? <laughs> This last sentence looks like it's new, so we'll read that and then we'll finish this up. The paper also introduces a series of metrics using public models to facilitate reproducible comparison and model development for speech generation studies. As with the last item, check out the link in the show notes for uh the the full paper i should i should probably i'll probably link to that rather than an article to it try I'm, uh, this is another thing that i'm going to be doing now that i'm i'm head of writing department i uh i'm going to be instead of doing this whole thing of oh you know tech crunch reports what uh some uh tom's hardware i don't know someone else's report you know with the whole stupid thing where someone's reporting on someone else's report i'm just going to try and get to the the to, to the news for you for, yeah, i'm just going to try and get to the source that's the one uh, the open source <laughs> that's still going by the way what a great idea that is yeah that's what i'm going to be doing so yeah this is cool isn't it this is this is more kind of star trek like uh translatathon things and i think it's quite cool to be fair because i remember being on holiday and um getting in a taxi and having a, co- a full-on conversation with the taxi a person driving it uh, and they were doing it all through google translate or whatever so now there's voice box i suppose it would be much easier much quicker to converse with people in other languages and and i guess that's 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 almost cool i mean i guess it is cool but it also is kind of reminding me of that bit in in the good book the, the bible when we we were all speaking the same language sprechen sie deutsch or whatever it was and then uh, that was a problem. <laughs> so uh, we would we would like com- our tongues were confused or something. But hey, that's what you get with me. I'm I'm gonna be straddling the spiritual and the and the technological for the rest of my uh, mortal days. And uh, whatever happens after that happens. So there you go. <clears throat>
If you like it, you'll continue listening. If you don't, you've already left. <laughs> Thirdly, McKinsey and Company released a report entitled The Economic Potential of Generative AI, The Next Productivity Frontier. It's the printing press. The printing press all over again. Ah, <laughs> I wrote that one per previously and I said it now and now I'm commenting on it. Oh, wow. Oh, this is cool. This, this is very meta. Unleashing a seismic wave across the global economy. Generative AI is poised to redefine our world. According to a groundbreaking report by McKinsey and Company. Who is McKinsey and Company, you might ask? Not too sure, is my answer. <laughs> I suddenly took notice of them. <laughs> I think they're some sort of business thing. Uh, I've signed up to their newsletters, the various newsletters that they do. And yeah, consultancy stuff, I should imagine. I'm Maybe they're big, maybe they're huge. I, I, I just don't know. This revolutionary technology could supercharge the global economy. Econ economy. Injecting a staggering 2.6 to 4.4 trillion with a T US dollars annually across a diverse array of 63 use cases. That doesn't... That doesn't that doesn't seem like a lot of use cases for that much money. But then when you think about how much money there is, I guess it might. This isn't just a minor upgrade. We're talking about a colossal surge amplifying the impact of all artificial intelligence by a jaw-dropping 15 to 40 percent. <laughs> I just remembered what I did with this one and why it's interesting. I think my prompt to the Guptas, well, the Gupta, was uh, sensationalize this, <laughs> make it interesting for the listeners. <laughs> Are you happy now? I've gone mad. <laughs> I'm a megalomaniac. <laughs> What's the word? There's a word in there. I'm a dictator. Oh, oh. They didn't call that vagina tater, did they? <laughs> vagina tater. Where does this stuff come from? My brain is the answer. <laughs> it's his story, not her story. <laughs> but you can still own dictator, can't you? <laughs> the report unveils that the lion's share of this value, a whopping 75%, is concentrated in four pivotal areas. Here, get your pens out. These are the pivotal areas. Customer operations, marketing and sales, software engineering, and R&D, which is, I, I do believe, research and development. But that's not all. <laughs> So many exclamation marks in this. I love it. Generative AI is set to radically transform the very fabric of work, automating a vast array of tasks that currently consume 60 to 70% of employees' time. Hold on to your hats. <laughs> Hold on to your hats. Who wears hats? I don't know. Humans. That's what Gupta thinks. <laughs> 
Because the pace of workforce transformation is about to hit warp speed. Warp speed. That was an operation that, you know, did that thing with the Count Jabula and stuff. Thanks to the explosive potential for technical automation. I would be, if I did this for every, I'd be exhausted if I did this for every news, news item. <laughs> my missus would come out here and find me just dehydrated and prostrate on my captain's chair. Um, she'd have to, I'd have to suckle from her wonderful teats. Oh, second mention of teats <laughs> to get that mother's milk back. That's gross, isn't it? What is going on there? I've, no, I've never tried the old mother's milk from my wife's teat. But we've got a new baby coming up, so I'll get a third opportunity to do it. Maybe this time I'll have the cojones to try. Right, where are we going? I've tapped to explosive. Well, hold on to your hats because oh yeah, try warp speed. Thanks to the explosive potential for technical automation, as we stand on the brink of the generative AI era. The report cautions that while the potential is exhilarating, we must also navigate the considerable challenges that lie ahead. I like that. Considerable challenges that lie ahead. Considerable challenges. That says a lot about my relationship with this podcast. Dive into the full report with the link in the show notes. Oh, I'm, I, I don't think I did that for any of the other ones. The old sensationalized prompt thing. So careful what you say to your Gupta, guys. All right? Just be careful. Fourthly, in a... Oh, no. Oh, to this, this says groundbreaking. Maybe I did it for this one as well. I don't know. Maybe it's not. In a groundbreaking partnership, Chip giant nvidia and cloud database maker and killer of neva snowflake are joining forces to process foundation models for ai the collaboration announced at snowflake summit 2023 will allow snowflake customers to rent cloud gpu capacity in snowflake's data warehouse installations and use that capacity to refine neural networks with NVIDIA's NEMO, N, capital N, small e, capital M, small o, NEMO framework. Foundation models are large neural networks, such as large language models, that are usually pre-trained. Customers will use snowflakes. <laughs> Such a... Yeah, because of the thing, wasn't it, with the snowflakes in 2016? Ah, oh, what times they were. Snowflakes data warehouse to develop a custom version of the Nemo Foundation model to suit their needs using their own data. This partnership is part of a growing trend to employ AI, especially generative AI, as a business tool. Snowflake will implement the service by procuring NVIDIA GPU instances from the cloud service providers with whom it already works. Huh. So procuring normally means buying, but then that doesn't really suggest much of a partnership if whatever i guess nvidia are bigger than snowflake or i don't know all i know is is that my lovely neva has turned into a holding page for blimmin snowflake 
and all my bookmarks are all now screwed up. <laughs> Crying a lot now. <laughs> uh, uh, he, I don't know who he is, but someone added that there is also a responsibility for Nemo for security. Which is why it's joint engineering work. Okay, yeah, I'll tell you what's going to work is is me on the transcript a little bit more. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll get there. By the way, if anyone out there does fancy chiming in with the article or two, uh, you know, I, I can't pay you, but I'll definitely welcome the uh, the help. Oh, and whilst we're talking about paying, I quite I haven't quite worked out just yet how to remove the previous podcast partner from the value block of the of the RSS feed with this new host. Uh, I've just reminded myself about that as I'm speaking, and I'll probably send them an email. I'll whack them off an email later uh, to remind them that that needs to happen at some point. So if you do decide to donate via the Bitcoin Lightning Podcasting 2.0 Value for Value Network. <laughs> um, yeah, half of it is probably still going to go to to CSB, but that's fine. That's fine in my mind because, one, it rarely happens anywhere. Well, I don't know if it does. I've not checked for a little while. Maybe I should get an app or something to do that. But, um, yeah, so if that does, that's fine because, you know, the, the guy's still alive. And although he is... Uh, he's always well it's not always but he's, he has re- previously reported on his own considerable wealth publicly multiple times um, to the point where other people think that perhaps there's a bit of um, uh, animosity there or some sort of uh, 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 damage <laughs> to uh, one's own ego from that reporting whatever uh, he, he could probably still he's you know he, told, he, he was shoving out quite a lot of sats with the boosts and stuff for the other shows that we were previously advertising and I was previously writing Boostergrams for, uh, you know, uh, what was the other ones? Podcasting 2.0 being one of them. Planet Rage. Uh, what was the others? Oh, yeah. Carry in the Keeper. And um, I think there was another one, but maybe there wasn't. I can't remember now. But I, I, I'm going to get my SH bleep tea together and uh, fill up a wallet with some sats and I will pick up the where the podcasting 2.0, 2.0 advertising model was dropped. And I'll say what I bloomin' will like in my own boostergrams now because I'm a maniac! <laughs> yeah, it was amazing that the guy worked with me for that long, as long as he did, to be fair. That's probably the longest sort of relationship like that i've ever had with anyone only relationship like that that i've ever had with anyone and uh, as much as i put up with him and his curt ability to be mm, slightly short at times uh, via messaging services and others and other such things uh, he also put up with me and my lackadaisical work ethic oh no there i did it uh, and other ways and stuff. So, yeah, apologies all round. But, hey, listen, much love, man. You know, if you're out there, dude, whatever. Love you, bro. And I mean that. Like, literally mean that. And, and, and like, if you can all just give a little audible ah after I've said that bit, then then I think the whole world would, would be much better off for it. So there you go. Fifthly, Databricks. The data and AI company 
has announced a definitive agreement to acquire Mosaic ML, a leading generative AI platform in a deal valued at approximately 1.3 billion with a B US buckaroonos, buckaroonies, dollars. The acquisition will enable organizations to build, own, and secure generative AI models using their own data. Hmm. Yeah. That's this. Uh, even though this is number five, I'm technically quite far on, far down in the news items this fortnight. I, I've been told this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. Not like literally. I mean, it is a big deal, but it's also a big deal in terms of artificial intelligence and the takeover. I should imagine. So yeah, thought we'd report it. Thought it was. It was it was worth reporting. So here we are reporting. Mosaic ML is renowned for its state-of-the-art MPT large language models (LLMs), which have been used by organizations like AI2, Allen Institute for AI, Generally Intelligent. <laughs> I've never heard of that one, but it sounds pretty cool. Hippocratic AI, or oh, heard of that, and that also sounds very cool. Replit and Scatter labs for various generative AI use cases. The Databricks Lakehouse platform, combined with Mosaic's ML technology, will offer customers a simple, fast way to retain control, security, and ownership over their valuable data without high costs. According to Mosaic ML, Automatic optimization of model training provides two to seven times faster training compared to standard approaches. The entire Mosaic ML team, including its industry-leading research team, is expected to join Databricks after the transaction closes. Mosaic's ML's platform will be supported, scaled, and integrated over time to offer customers a seamless, unified platform where they can build, own, and secure their generative AI models. Yeah, there you go. It's all coming together nicely, isn't it? Roll on 2024. Sixthly, and penultimately for this fortnight... MIT has launched a three-day program called Artificial Intelligence for National Security Leaders, or AI4 as in the number NSL, which when you glance at it, kind of looks a little bit like AI4 Nassil, which could be taken in multiple ways, but as a Arsenal football club, and that's football as in soccer club supporter like myself, I think that kind of looks like Arsenal to me, or Arsenal, either or. To educate military and government leaders about AI and its implications for national security. The course, which is not specifically designed for those with a technical background, covers the basics of AI, machine learning, and data science, and how these intersect with national security. <laughs> if your national security apparatus is not clued up on this, yeah, I'd be fairly concerned 
But MIT is, is you know, well, you don't know. If you don't know, MIT is probably, I mean, kind of looks pretty spook centrally to me from the outset anyway. Not, 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 not saying that that's a bad thing necessarily for any potential spooky spooks out there. You know, you do you, we do we. And we'll see what we'll see what happens. Whatever. Whatever, Trevor. You know, I'm a living live and let live kind of guy. The program organized by MIT's School of Engineering, MIT Stephen A. Schwartzman College of Computing, and MIT Sloan Executive Education has recently completed its fifth cohort. Participants include leaders from every branch of the US military and some foreign military leaders from NATO. The course covers a variety of technical topics in AI and how to navigate organizational challenges that arise in this context. The AI for NSL program was born out of discussions with senior US Air Force USAF leaders and members of the Department of the Air Force, or DAF, MIT AI Accelerator in 2019. Yeah. I feel like I've we've said something about this previously, but maybe not that one. Maybe it's a different one. They're probably doing these things all the time. But, you know, whatever. The course aims to create smart consumers at the command level. Smart. The course aims to create smart consumers at the command level. What? Which? What else? If they're at command level... Consuming AI? What is that sentence about? Weird, right? Am I... Am I... That is weird. Providing participants with a basic overview of AI technologies and emphasizing organizational planning and implementation. You can read the full announcement in the show notes. Yes. Uh, Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe if you're on YouTube. I know that that's a thing that you say when you're on YouTube, so I thought I'd say it now whilst you were on YouTube. If you're on YouTube and you're the one of the YouTube people doing this, then yeah. Uh, if you do like, comment and subscribe, then I'll be really happy and I, I might even just personally thank you. Like, literally. Because I don't think we've got many of those guys doing that thing over on YouTube. So, whatever. Uh, Yes, I know. I'm running out of time, so we might have to do this a little bit quickly. Server, lastly, for this fortnight. But honestly, even though this is probably going to be the last AI.cooking, I I will be back with the AI news.show, show, that thing. That's the thing that's going to happen, I promise you. Because I already kind of said to myself that I would podcast until I die. And as seeing as I've already started podcasting about AI, and I, I think AI is going to be around pretty much forever now. I can't see it going anywhere. I think I'll be podcasting about AI until I die. So, hey, if I stop doing that, anyone's feel, feel, is free to clip it and play it back to me. Oh, oh yes, seven and talking of clips... Clippy's back, folks! Yes, Clippy! Do you remember? Clippy! The old clip thing from... Was it Microsoft Windows 98 or something? Anyway, yeah, Clippy's back, folks! And this time it's packing some serious AI power! (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, I used to love the old Clippy thing. I remember playing around with that for ages, man, and being like, whoa, man, this is Terminator level stuff, dude. The infamous Microsoft Office mascot, Clippit, or Clippy, as we all know him, has had quite the roller coaster ride. Introduced in 1997, retired in 2001, resurrected and re-retired in 2019. Yeah, HD Clippy. <laughs> and now he's back from the digital dead once again. Digital dead. That's cool, man. Uh, but this time, it's not Microsoft pulling the strings. Developer Firecube has breathed new life into the cheeky paperclip, supercharging him with OpenAI's GPT 3.5 large language model. Clippy by Firecube, not by Microsoft, brings back the infamous Clippit into your desktop. Powered by the OpenAI GPT 3.5 model, says the product description. You can pin Clippy to your screen for quick access to chat, or just leave him there for a bit of nostalgia. <laughs> but... Hold on to your hats! Oh, it's more hat talk. This AI really thinks that we wear hats a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> she, they. <laughs> There's a chance that Clippy's newfound popularity could lead to his third demise if Microsoft decides to play the copyright card. But let's not forget the uproar from the Cliphead community the last time Clippy was shut down. Right, that's it. I'm calling it. I'm calling it right now. Clippy will become the Antichrist, whatever that is. Well, it's my red book. Where's your red? Put it in the red book. You can't keep this thing down. So what's next for our paperclip pal? With his AI integration, Clippy's story is starting to sound like a plot from The Mummy. <laughs> I love this. This is great. Uh, really, well done. Pat yourself on the back, Gupta. You did a good job here. Good job here. This is good job. Good, yeah, well done. Let's hope Microsoft doesn't send him back to the digital underworld again. Oh, maybe that's what's happening. Every time he's coming back, he, he just becomes more and more demonic. After all, who knows what an AI-empowered Clippy might do if provoked. <laughs> this is it. This is literally putting the... I'm the guy that's done this. I Well, I've reported on it. I didn't do it, but I'm, here I am reporting on it. Right, listen, I've got to go to work, but I am going to get this new corner. I've got a new corner for you that I previously nipple, nipple, tickle, tickle, teased. Uh, and it's called, for now... Pioneers Corner. I thought we'd take a look at some of the pioneers. Kind of a bit history corner-ish, uh, but also sort of a bit more personification history corner. I thought, who better to start with than the lovely lady that was mentioned in the first news item, Miss Ada Lovelace, which I i mean, come on. Is that not a stripper's name? I'm pretty sure I've seen like pornos with, with Ada Lovelace in it or whatever. Born Augusta Ada Byron. Oh, she changed it to Lovelace. Okay. She must have got about those. I don't want to put aspersions up, but she's still, you know, people know about her today. So she must have, she must have put it out a little bit. 
That's a horrible thing to say. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for saying that. I am going to leave it in there so that I can self-admonish myself because uh, I own my mistakes. And that was a mistake for saying that. So I'm going to I'm not going to edit that one out. But anyway, uh, yes, Augusta Ada Byron was an English mathematician and writer who is best known for her work on Charles Babbage's early mechanical general purpose computer, the analytical engine. Her notes on the engine include what is recognised as the first algorithm intended to be processed by a machine, and because of this, she is often regarded as the first computer programmer. While Lovelace lived in the 19th century, that's that's the that's the ones that begin with 18s, long before the concept of modern artificial intelligence was developed, her contributions to the field of computing were foundational. Her vision of the potential of computing went beyond mere calculation. She speculated that any piece of content, including music, text, pictures, and sounds could be manipulated by a machine, a concept that is central to today's digital computers and artificial intelligence. Oh. That's where that sentence sentence ends. I kind of read it like it was going to go on, but that that was where that sentence ends. This this is going to be a movie film about this this woman, and I reckon that 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 uh, that actor from the Queen's Gambit is going to play her. That that would be what I would. That's what I would suggest uh, if I was if I had my. Um, executive producer hat on. Lovelace also suggested that the analytical engine might act upon other things besides number. The engine might compose elaborate and scientific pieces of music of any degree of complexity or extent. This idea of a machine going beyond mere calculations to create something new is a fundamental concept in AI. In summary, while Ada Lovelace did not directly contribute to artificial intelligence as we know it today, her pioneering work and vision in computing laid the groundwork for all subsequent developments in the field, including AI. And that is why she's our first of the Pioneer's Corner. Yes, the first one. Perhaps the last. I don't know. Maybe I'll never do it again. Someone might stop me. <laughs> Maybe not. And that's it for this episode. Stay safe. <laughs> And stay humble, hugely yawning yeomans. AI. Oh, what are we going to do? The world is going to die of AI. It's going to take over. We have to be very careful.